Thank you for listening to the FBN Conversation Podcast. For more information about FBN, visit us at unala.com and follow us on Instagram at fbn.mbmt. Thanks for listening. Hi guys, welcome to FBN Conversations. I'm Andrea. I'm Justin. And this is part one of Exploring the Book of John. So basically what we want to do here is just dive into the book of John and really talk about things that impacted our lives and and really opened our eyes to see Jesus as who he was. So this is one of our favorite books of the Bible. So we're just going to dive right into it. Um, The first thing that really impacted our lives was John 1 and 1 through 4. And basically it was just the essence of how the beginning was the word and everything was created through the word. And through conversation, we really just found out that Christ is the Word, and He is the Spirit of the Son of God, the Eternal One. I mean, for me, that was just a, an eye-opening, eye-opening revelation because it just shows the eternity of Christ and how He was from the beginning and how everything was made through Him and by Him. What was, I don't know, Andrea, what was the thing that really stood um, out for you? What stood out to me was that this was literally the beginning because in order for everything to have been created, the word had to have existed. So we just marked this as the beginning of the beginning. And um, what stood out to me is that it confirms the eternity of Christ because he became the word and that he is one with God. I love it. It's so beautiful. I mean, the word itself being man-made is just it's being being incarnated into flesh is just something that surpasses any of our understanding you know yeah and so that for me that's why it's like such a big deal because to believe all this you really need faith and that's where we have to get established with faith is how we enter into this thing of okay this is god this is who he is this is who his son is this is the holy spirit and so i love it for me yes i do too Next, we had John 1.10, which is, He was in the world, and the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. Um, I don't know what stood out to you, but to me, it was that um, all things recognize their creator, and we have a hard time um, recognizing him when we are the ones that have been called to continue his work. Wow. Yeah. Same. That's... It's crazy because I feel I always tell people, if Jesus was right here, right now, in the midst of us, would we be the ones to recognize, hey, that's Jesus? Yeah. You know what I mean? Would, would we be able to recognize, are we so in tune with who he is? Because as he was made through the world, yet they didn't even know who he was. Yeah. And it's like, dang, would we recognize this is Jesus right now walking along with us? Or would we be preaching about Jesus to Jesus if he was in our congregation? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, Like, what would we be doing? Yeah. It's, it's different. And then in one twelve, I also loved because it said, um, but as many as received him, to him he gave the right to become children of God. So it's like, he is salvation. I mean, the only way we become children is believing in the mm-hmm. Christ and believing in Jesus. And so that's, he giving us the right by believing in him to become the children of God, yeah. which is, I think, the best thing that can ever happen to any of us is to actually leave an orphanage of where we feel like we're alone and who mm-hmm. are we and all these things into feeling mm-hmm. feeling accepted because there's a higher God and he's the one that accepts us. He's the one that mm-hmm. loves us and it's all made possible through Jesus. Yeah, and it also cements that he's the only one that can bring salvation. Mm, so yeah. unless we are we believe in him and are walking with him, yeah. that's the only way we can get through. Wow. That's awesome. 
and then John 1 14 um, where the, um, it confirms that the word became flesh meaning yeah. Jesus um, and we beheld his glory the glory as of the only begotten of the father full of grace and truth um, the spirit that it's that the word is taking a human form or becoming flesh through the life of Jesus mm. um, so once again just confirming that he is the word yeah. he is the way I like it because it says full of grace and truth. That's who Jesus is to us. You know what I mean? Yeah. Jesus is grace. Jesus is truth. And it says the only begotten of the father, the only son that's full of grace and truth. Like that's what he came to bring to this world. Just the gracefulness, yeah. a, a truth that, that came to show us the light, you know, because truth leads us into the right paths and truth also frees us. So it's kind of like Jesus is also grace. So I love mm -hmm. it because sometimes we can, we can supplement the name grace or supplement the word truth and put the name of Jesus in yeah. both. And he can always interchange us because he yeah. is all those characteristics. You know? yeah. And then if we go and we jump into John 1, 46, which is a little bit of a jump, but I love how it says, and Nathaniel said to him, can anything good come out of Nazareth? You know what I mean? Like they're mm -hmm. like, what good can come out of a place of Nazareth? So back then it's kind of like, Nazareth, like that's kind of like, no one, no one even cares about Nazareth. It's like yeah. the most overlooked city so he's like, can anything really good come out of there? And I feel like with the Bible, it's in the Bible just really to teach us lessons, to not make exceptions of people. That Jesus came out of Nazareth, I think, mm -hmm. to show God can use anyone from anywhere to do his work. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, it's kind of like where you least expect it, that's where God was going to raise him up. Yeah. You know what I mean? Where you and it's overshadowed. Like something that we see also later in the book that God equips the chosen. Yeah. So. Exactly. Exactly. Which is beautiful. And then now on to John chapter 2, yeah. uh, verse 10, um, which reads, And he said to him, Every man at the beginning sets out the good wine, and when the guests have well drunk, then the inferior. You have mm. kept the good wine until now. Yeah. Um, we just see that John, jo Jesus only gives the best of the best, yeah. and he is always taking us in glory and glory. Yeah, I think that's that's the key part of all that. That Jesus, if he gives us the best, we have to believe that the next time it's going to be even better because yeah. he doesn't go down. Where it's yeah. like he's always above and above and beyond. Yeah. And so that, that just proves the fact that he says, I take you in glory and glory. Like we're getting mm -hmm. better every time. Only because it's him. Yeah. Only because it's Jesus. And that's why I think when he said, they, they came, oh, but you, you're the one that you, we always give the wine good. Mm -hmm. and at the end, when everyone's already drunk, we give them all the bad wine. But he's yeah. like, yeah, well, I, I give the good and then the better at the end and then the better in the next day because yeah. I'm just a person that gives better and better. I'm the yeah. good father. You know what I mean? And just like we have that same DNA, we yeah. should always be giving oh, wow. in excellence the best of what we have. Definitely. Definitely. And then if we go to John 3, 3, I love it because it says, just, Jesus answered and said to him, most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Yeah. It's important. Being born again is the only way we are able to even step into the kingdom of God. It says yeah. it straight in the board. It said, being born again. I always tell people, when people give their life to Christ and, and, and become born again Christians, mm -hmm. that's the most... That's the day of party. Like yeah. we think of all these parties in the world that that's the day of party because these people are now inheriting the kingdom of God. You know yeah. what I mean? Like that's the best day. I think there should be a party every day on earth. If we throw parties for someone's birthday, this is someone inheriting something so much greater than a birthday. It's exactly. a kingdom. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then we're jumping to John three ten. Um, 
Jesus answered and said to him, Are you the teacher of Israel and do not know these things? Yeah. And that's just showing that knowledge isn't enough. Mm. Knowledge of the word isn't enough to make us... <laughs> or at, at all, actually. Just not yeah. enough. We have to have that revelation and just be walking in that truth. Wow. Yeah, because knowledge has to become real. If we yeah. just know of God and he's not real to us, it's kind of like this figure far away from us. Mm-hmm. But the moment that God becomes real, that Jesus becomes real to us, I think it goes from being a religion of just knowledge to a relationship because now yeah. you're face to face. You you have interchanging with, with the one who created you and it becomes a relationship, yeah. which is the best thing, which is why I want to ask you about John 3.16 because I know that this is something that really came to wreck your life in a way yeah. so what really about john three sixteen? because we, we learn about this verse since we're born like that yeah. it's just a, it's like the elementary verse this yeah. is jesus so why why did it impact um, you so much when it, well when it was revealed to me like where it actually like marked my heart was um i was like worshiping and just god just gave me this scripture and it was like a reminder that he came because he loved me so much wow. and Although that was the ultimate sacrifice, yeah. he continues to pursue me every single day. So it's like there's nothing that he wouldn't do <laughs> for me. And um, just like he loved the world, so should we. We yeah. have that responsibility as well. Yeah. Uh, there was two things for John 3, 16 when I when I finally, because remember, Sunday school, John 3, 16 was the first verse I probably ever memorized. But when it became real to me, there was two parts that I saw so clearly that the motive between God sending his son was because he loved. Yeah. So love moves the heart of God for us, yeah. which is why he's constantly pursuing us, like you say, which is yeah. why he's after us, because he loves us so much, which moves his heart. And I and I saw as he gave mm-hmm. because of love. So love is always followed by an action. Mm. And the action of giving is a response to love. Yeah, you know what I mean? Good. Like we, God responds to the love he has for us by giving. And so when I, when I, and I, that came real to me. I was like, he loves me so much that he just wants to give me Jesus. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, he loves me so much that he didn't want to see me in my sin. And he loved yeah. me so much that he still died even when I was still in sin. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah. that's why John 3.16, and I learned a lot about love there. Because I always tell people, we can say, and we can use the word love so loosely. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I love you. I, I, you love them, but where's the action behind love? I think yeah. love has to follow, be followed by actions. Do you lo- just say, I love you, but don't care for them? Do you yeah. just say, I love you, but don't maybe give them, invite them to eat, give them a hug, give them a kiss? Like, we use that word too loosely, and God's saying, look at, yeah. look at my example at John three sixteen. There's always an action followed by the motive of love. Yeah. You know what I mean? So That's I good. love that. So now we're going to jump to John three thirty. Um, he must increase, but I must decrease. Wow. And just... It speaks for itself in order for yeah. God to move freely in us or his spirit to move freely in us yeah. we must die to our flesh you know I always remember that verse especially in the book of Acts because it says that Peter walked and by his shadow people were healed yeah. and I always go back to, to John 3.30 because it says he must increase but I must decrease I believe that John I mean yeah Peter was so dead to himself mm-hmm. that it wasn't even his shadow anymore yeah. it, God was so increased in his life that it was a shadow of God healing people and that's yeah. why that's our prayer like dang God increasing us so much yeah. that it's your shadow now you know that yeah. it's you literally living inside of us that's that's what I see as beauty exactly um and then if we go and then we go to 35 John three thirty-five, um it says the father loves the son and has given all things into his hands, mm-hmm. right? Like it's talking about of, a, of inheritance, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? 
that we have that same inheritance as Jesus because yeah. as a son it says when God made us sons he gave us the inheritance of heaven as well because yeah. we are we became one with him we became this thing and so the father loves the son he's given all things into his hands and I think basically this is speaking about it speaks more on God has given us as children of God authority God has mm-hmm. given us as children of God a rightful place that we can walk with our heads up high not in in arrogance or in or in um or in cockiness but mostly in in confidence that we know who our father is yeah. you know what i mean that yeah. our father is the creator of all this which is why i love i love that because it also speaks to us not just jesus but to us as well yeah and i think that sometimes we don't really understand what mm. that means yeah how much authority we have how much power our words have wow. but um now we're gonna go to john chapter 4 verse okay. 10 um, Jesus answered and said to her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, Give me a drink, <laughs> you would have asked him and wow. he would have given you living water. Wow. And just we, just like we said before, we don't comprehend really what God has for yeah. us sometimes. It's crazy how <laughs> much satisfaction we can get from him. Yeah. And if we seek him, we'll find him. We'll have that wow. sufficiency that we don't need anything else. Exactly. I like it. Like we don't comprehend everything. Because mm-hmm. if you knew the gift of God and you knew who was asking you, you'd ask me. You know what I mean? And yeah. I'd give you the living water. And sometimes yeah. it's like we don't understand fully sometimes everything that Christ contains in himself that he wants to freely give to us. And so we don't ask. Yeah. And sometimes God wants to hear, well, just ask me, you know, yeah. like, I'll give you this. You yeah. know what I mean? So that's why I love that. And I, and I love it because it teaches us sometimes, even if we don't comprehend, ask God to give us understanding because we want everything that Christ has to offer us. We want to grab yeah. all that. And that's why 17 through 18, it's like the woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, you have well said you have no husband for you have five husbands. And the one whom you have now is not even your husband. I knew you, I love the way you interpreted this, so go ahead and, and, and share that one. Um, the way that I received it, actually the first time that I even went through it, yeah. it I just kind of like skipped over it, didn't even mark yeah, it, and yeah, then yeah. when I was just like reflecting back on my notes and I saw it and I was like, oh my gosh, like how many husbands do we have mm. that we are unfaithful to God with? Wow. Whether that be pride or a passion, like you said, yeah, that yeah, isn't yeah. God-given, that we just developed while we were living in sin. And some, I like how you got that he confronts sin, yeah, yeah. not to bring shame, but because he loves us. Yeah, I love it because in the beginning, he's, he's being loving. I'll give you a drink of water. I'll give you the living water so that you never thirst again. Mm-hmm. And he's offering him all this love, mm-hmm. but he loves us too much to leave us in our own sin. Yeah. So he confronts the sin because he doesn't want you to stay there. Not, yeah. And I love it because it's a loving way. And she doesn't get offended. She's yeah. like, oh, I think you're a prophet. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like because when you do it in the right spirit, I always say it brings conviction. If it's yeah. the Holy Spirit speaking, it brings conviction. The moment that we go and tell the people and we want to confront sin in our own way, what we do is bring hurt and we bring yeah. shame to people. And, and that's not the point of all this. That's why I love Jesus' approach. Love, but I love you too much to even leave you in there, mm-hmm. in, in, in that sin. Yeah, that's good. Um, now, John 4.28 Uh, The woman then left her water pot, Mm. went her way into the city, and said to the men, Come see a man who told me all the things I ever did. And just what we got from that, the fact that she left her water jug is Mm. an example of how much that living water he gives can satisfy yeah. us. He came, she came for that water and just left it there. And you know how many times I've overread that? I mean, yeah. I've, I've read John so many times, and I've overread it, overread it, until finally I'm like, 
whoa, she leaves her water bottle. Like, I believe the Bible is very intentional. Every yeah. word is very crucial. And it says that she left her water bottle and went her way. Why? Because she became so satisfied. And she's like, I believe God doesn't give in portions. He gives an overflowing. And so yeah. it's so overflowing in her that she's like, I'm going into the city. And I'm telling everybody about this satisfaction that I just received. Yeah. Because I even left my water bottle over there. Because I'm not even thirsty for that anymore. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that's awesome. That's good. Um, 435. It says... Do you not say that there are still four months and then comes the harvest? Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look at the fields, for they are already white for harvest. Yeah. This speaks to us so much because I feel like sometimes we we see we're, we say we, we're supernatural beings and we're not of this world and all these things, but we don't live as if we were. Yeah. And we don't we don't behold the eyes of God and we see things through the natural. Mm-hmm. And God's saying, yeah, you see months and you see it's not ready for harvest. But when I look at the field, I see it's ready for you guys to go and pick it up. Yeah. But because we're like, oh, the world's not ready yet. Oh, this school's not ready yet. And then mm-hmm. we're like, God's like, it's now is the time. Like, yeah. Now is the time. Exactly. Um, just without his vision, we are unable to see the need. Yeah. Or when wow. a place is ready for us to go or a touch of him. Mm. Wow. I don't know. I want that vision. <laughs> Definitely. That's um, beautiful. So now John four thirty eight. Okay. I sent you to reap that for which you have not labored. Others have labored and you have entered into their labors. Yeah. So we're reaping what generations before us sowed. Wow. But we also have the re- responsibility to sow in for the next generation. Wow. Wow. Yeah, that's so crucial because God's a God of generations. Yeah. You know, and, he's, and he's proved it in the Old Testament and, and even to this day. And so sometimes we can get selfish and be like, oh, we're reaping. You know yeah. what I mean? We go, we reap all these things, but we never take the time to labor as yeah. well and, and sow the seed because God is a God that's like, okay, if I can finish it with your generation, I'm going to do it with the next. And if I can't do it with the next generation, I'm going to do it with the next. Because that's how that just shows his goodness and, his, yeah. and how big he is and how great he is that he'll get his job done, but it, he's up to us. And that's why sometimes I feel like I've heard people say, well, I don't believe in God because look at the world. Yeah. And I'm like, the world, it's not God's fault. It's like, yeah. he sent us to labor. He sent us to reap, yeah. yet we don't do our job. And just like, if we had that vision, we could see how mm-hmm. ready the world is yeah. for us to come. And we're all waiting on God. Like, God, come do this. And he's like, I give you everything. Yeah. I give you my very spirit. I have everything that you need and yeah. contained in there. Exactly. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's funny. Okay, so <laughs> John 5, 5.23. Um, I love it. It says... That all should honor the Son just as they honor the Father. That he that he does not honor the Father honors the Son. And he who does not honor the Father who sent him. Sorry. It says, he who does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent him. Mm-hmm. So what I love is you need Jesus. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I like his disobedience and, neglig- and negligence to God dishonors him. Exactly. Real quick, we can see when we disobey God, when we neglect his word, when we mm-hmm. neglect his voice, when we neglect yeah. all these things, it comes into a point where we're like, Jesus is like, God, I mean, God is like, okay, you guys just dishonor me. You guys don't honor me. You guys don't know what honor is. And we can even apply this into the natural, like our parents. Mm-hmm. Like we're called to honor our parents, but yeah. do we honor if we disobey? Yeah, like they're exactly. two different spe- realms of the spectrum. Exactly. So um, now chapter six, Okay. verse 11. Um, and Jesus took the loaves and when he had given thanks, he distributed them to the disciples and yeah. the disciples to those sitting down and likewise of the fish as much as they wanted. Um, 
I know you said that it shows the thankfulness of Jesus yeah. because he thanked God before passing it out. Yeah. And um, he multiplied the bread, but not without thanking him yeah, first. Yeah, exactly. That's why I feel like we always miss it. Just as a Samaritan woman, we, leave, we miss that she mm-hmm. left the pot. Yeah. We miss that Jesus says, and he had given thanks, and then he distributed. I yeah. think there's a an anointing in thanksgiving of multiplication. Yeah. And it brings a multiplication. Not even that. Like, it's so much. It's like, he's like, I think that's why I said the Bible's so intentional. He's like, Thanksgiving. I said thanks to Jesus and I just started passing out the I thanks God and I started passing yeah. out the bread. Because the thankfulness in my heart caused God to thank me to love it so much that he ca- caused multiplication. Yeah. He caused good. the multiplication in it. And then in twelve it says it says, Gather up the fragments that remain so that nothing is lost. Yeah. So the thankfulness brought the multiplication, but God's so good because that's an awesome word to be able to describe God. He's so good that multiplication came and then so did abundance yeah he gives an extra you know what i mean because it says gather up everything they started off with not even enough to feed to having leftovers that's amazing to me that's amazing to me and that's why but god is a good father he didn't just multiply but also gives an abundance of overflow yeah so that we can give yeah exactly um so now we're gonna jump to 15 Okay. Uh, therefore, when Jesus perceived that they were about to come and take him by force mm-hmm. to make him king, he departed again to the mountain by himself alone. Jesus only cares about the praise from God, not from man. And he only came to fulfill the will of the Father. Wow. Because I, I would think about it. If someone came and tried to make me king, I don't know if it would be that easy for me to say no to that. Yeah. Like, uh, I'm down. I'll be king. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Yeah. But Jesus is like, I know what I came here to do. Mm-hmm. Like... Yeah, you guys can make me king, but I'm already a king. Like, mm-hmm. like uh, this this is just a natural title that you want to give me. But I know what my father sent mm-hmm. me to do. I think so many times we can be tempted into a title or a, a position, or maybe even a a promotion or something, mm-hmm. whatever of some sort, because it gives us our like, it gives us a sense that we're doing something right. Mm-hmm. But we should feel a sense of doing something right while obeying God, whether we exactly. have that title or not. Yeah. Really, and so that's why I love that part. And then six twenty-seven. Oh yeah, right. Six twenty-seven. Yes. Six twenty-seven says. Do not labor for the food which perishes. I'll stop there. Labor for the food that perishes. Yeah. He's not even talking just about natural food. He's talking about, hey, don't go and think money's everything. Yeah. Don't labor for all these things that are gonna perish. Before we go, I'll tell a quick story about a guy who he cared so much about his riches on earth. And he went to church and all those things, but he was so stingy with his money. He's like, I don't want to give because this is what I labored for. Yeah. It said that when he died on the top of his funeral desk, they put all his Rolexes, his rings, and all that because all that cannot go with you anywhere. And so that's why God's like, don't, don't do, don't. It's, he's not saying not to have those things. I think he's, what he's saying is don't put your focus on, 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 on food that perishes, yeah. but for the food that will endure of everlasting life. God says every time we bring a soul to the to, to the kingdom, he gives a jewel into our crown. I mean, I'd rather have a beautiful crown in heaven than have the most expensive Rolexes and watches and shoes on earth. And have, like, nothing. <laughs> and have nothing up there. You know what yeah. I mean? Setting our eyes onto really what matters. Yeah. That's good. Um, so now John 651. Okay. Um, I am the living bread which came down from heaven. Wow. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I shall give is my flesh, yeah. which I shall give for the life of the world. Um, only in communion with Christ we find eternal life. And yeah. that doesn't just mean 
taking the bread and drink at church. It means literally having intimacy with him, having wow. communion with him in your personal time. Yeah, I think communion's been distorted. I mean, communion, yes, it's a symbol. When we take the priest of cracker and we take the the, the, the grape juice, we can say, <laughs> and, we, and we have communion. It's an act of what we're saying as God, this is what I want to do with you. I want to have intimacy. Yeah. I want to eat and drink of you. He's saying, if I am the living bread which comes down from heaven, if anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. It's talking about a relationship. Uh, let me let me be inside of you and you inside of me and, into one accordance. That you may live forever because if you don't have me inside of you, abiding in you, then where are you getting your life source from? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, you're eternal because life has been put in you. Mm-hmm. But if the life is not inside of you, are you really eternal? You're not. You know what I mean? Are you, yeah. Do you really have everlasting life in him at least? Yeah. That's good. Um, 53. 653. And then it says... Most assuredly, I say to you, unless you eat of the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. I, I like it because I feel like sometimes we can, if we take it literally, we're going to be grossed out. What do you mean, <laughs> eat your flesh, drink your blood? Like, yeah. you're not even here anymore. Where am I supposed to find your blood? Yeah. But it's like, understand the power of both. Mm-hmm. His, his bread comes to give us life and his blood comes to cleanse. Mm-hmm. And it's like, if you eat and drink of him, the life that he produced in both of those things, that carried in both of those things literally comes to produce that life in you you get washed by his blood you get you get you're eating his life and you have to we have to take it as this is communion communion is getting and sometimes it's even corrupt because it says people say only in your closet time only in your private time i believe we have to have communion with him whatever we do yeah it has to be god is this cool with you hey god is this with you do you like this do you like that i just did this Mm -hmm. if we're only giving god the first let's say three hours if if that, if we're yeah. really giving him that of the morning or of the night, then what happened the rest of the day? You weren't going to commune with God. Yeah, You know exactly. what I mean? Like, that's, that's good. Yeah, it's harsh. Um, and then in 56, he who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me and I in him. Uh, Jesus' main focus on eating his flesh and drinking his blood is about abiding wow. intimacy again, like we said, becoming yeah. one with Christ in a relationship and just also yeah. shows the significance of mm-hmm. communion, just abiding in him because yeah. if you don't abide in him, exactly there's nothing and if it wasn't important he wouldn't give a whole chapter pretty much chapter six into this and he repeats it over and over abide in me as i abide in you abide in me as i abide in you eat my flesh drink my blood and i think it comes to prove i think this really what it is is this is the actual life we're supposed to be living because when we give our life to christ i see it as the holy spirit came to you and the holy spirit what it does is it puts hunger for christ in you yeah and the only way you satisfy that hunger that you feel when you receive the holy spirit is to eat and drink of him but if you never satisfy that hunger then the life that you were supposed to receive through the intimacy with him and through the blood drinking of the blood and through the eating of the flesh is never placed inside of you because it's the invitation to it and i'm like people are like it doesn't just stop at saying going to the altar call and saying god here i am this is it okay god's saying cool awesome now i'm gonna put my very same spirit in you so it draws you to me. Yeah. That's what the Spirit does. The Holy Spirit draws you to truth. It draws you to Jesus. But if you ignore the sound, ignore the calling, ignore the hunger and thirst, and you just, you starve it. Yeah, that's good. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, dang, come on, guys. Like, this is a lot. And John is a lot. It's yeah. a lot. And I don't even know if we can go past six today because it's a lot. And we have to just really just calm down because... <laughs> There's so much in this Bible that it teaches yeah. us. There's so much in John. I think that this is the book that talks so much more about the life of Jesus himself. Mm-hmm. And we learn so 
tremendously much. Mm-hmm. And every time I read this, I learn something new. Yeah. Every Even time. Even just a first read. Yeah. <laughs> first read, All you're this like. came from a first read. <laughs> first read, you're just like, whoa, this is like. Mm-hmm. It's like your eyes. Every time I read John, honestly, I'm not even joking. It's like a a person at a candy store. It's like you see all the candy, you're like, oh my god, what do I choose? Like, what which one do I want more? And you're like, I can't pick and choose. This is the word of God. I had to have all of it. And yeah. so it's like, it's the first time that I think our when we're kids when we want all of it. I think it's the first time our parents would say, okay, you can have all. Of it. You, know what I mean? you can take it all. You can yeah. get whatever candy you want and choose and pick. Yeah. So honestly, that was good. I mean, I loved. I loved, loved, loved your insight on these things because it brings a different perspective to sometimes like, and I, that's why I love the body mm-hmm. because you, you, God shows you stuff different than me and, yeah. and when we come together, we can just learn from each other. Exactly. Exactly. So we thank everyone for listening to this podcast. We bless you guys. We love you guys. Please join us for part two of John and many more content to come. We love you guys and have a blessed day.